Father, we just thank you for this day and for just this room full, God. Um, we just pray that as we move through our service today, that we could just lay whatever it is down that's on our hearts and in our minds, God, so that we can just be open and free to just take in whatever it is that you have for us. We just pray that you would lift up Joseph today and just let your word speak through him. In your name, amen. All right, so I mentioned in the email that I said, you know, we're going to have this time of fellowship and everything. We're going to focus on that because that's important and I would prove it biblically. I'm now here to prove that biblically. Now, there is something that you will hear, especially uh, more so in like the very independent Western American psyche about you know, this mentality of, well, you know what? I can love Jesus without coming to church. I can love Jesus without being a part of a family or whatever. And on the surface level, that seems like that might kind of sort of be okay. But in reality, when you look at the nature of Jesus Christ, that doesn't really square with what you see Jesus or his apostles doing. There's not really such a thing as saying, I love Jesus, but I don't really like all the people that make up his body here on earth. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. You know, there's this, there's this joke that I, that I hesitate to say, but um, I'm going to say it anyway because I have no respect for myself. So there is a, a joke that a lot of times I'll, I'll pick on with Meredith and everything, and she'll she will sit here and loves to um, put these hypotheticals towards me that I feel like are very unfair. Like, would you love me if I had like three heads? Would you love me if I was missing a foot? And a part of me goes like, missing a foot? We're going really far past where we are right now, I feel like, to be asking me what the depths of my love are. And so... I've started using this phrase and saying, Meredith, Meredith, of course I would love you. I mean, not physically, of course, but like, I would love you. And I say it because it is ridiculous. So I stated that right now, so nobody email me. Um, but like, it is ridiculous because it's hard to say like, oh no, I absolutely love you and everything. I just don't want to be part at all of like, physically who you are or this entire aspect of your life or something like that. You know, if you love somebody, then you're, you're going to love them. You're going to love the things that make th them up. And, you know, it's not to say there aren't little facets that you're more of a fan of than others, but, you know, you got to love the person. Well, the reality is that Christ came to this earth and basically said, so here I am and I'm coming here to this earth. And then there's a reason why I refer to the church as my bride and my body, because this is, this is a part of me, the assembly. And so, it's very difficult to state, well, I love Jesus, but I hate his body. Or I love Jesus, but I don't want to have anything to do with him physically being here or there. And at a certain point in time, you have to ask yourself, do you really love him? Or do you just like the idea of him? Do you just like maybe some of the vague concepts of him and some of the lessons and the, the you know, some of the like, hey, you should be nice to other people and you should be compassionate, but you don't really love Jesus. You don't really love all the Jesus stuff. And uh, this is something that squares pretty well with what you see scripturally because you see individuals actually latching on to the assembly. So in Acts 2, verses 38 through 42, we end up seeing a glimpse of what the early church looked like. And what, here's what you end up seeing. It's Peter at the end of 
his, you know, kind of famous first sermon that he has. We talked about this a few weeks ago, but we're going to continue on in this a little bit further than we did a few weeks ago. So in verse 38, he ends up ending the grand finale of his, you know, kind of first sermon. And it says, Peter replied, repent, be baptized, each of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he testified to strongly urge them, saying, Be saved from this corrupt generation. So those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 were added to them. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now that very last thing, when you see what these individuals did because they wanted to join with Christ. So you have Peter saying, you, you, you repent and be a part of this thing that we call the body of Christ. Like become a part of the blessings of what Jesus has to offer. Get the gift of the Holy Spirit. And what do you see? The cause and the effect. So, you know, the cause is they have this new life. They're renewed in Jesus Christ. And the effect is that all of a sudden it says they devote themselves to the apostles' teachings. So that's where we talk about, you know, kind of the academic, the do's and the don'ts and all that kind of stuff. Hey, I should, you know, have a different outlook on life. We have to the fellowship. So explain says people begin not just like participating but it says they devoted themselves to the fellowship so actually drawing in closer to one another became a critical part of what it meant to have the Holy Spirit to br the breaking of bread and yes in this context and what we'll see here in a second is that in this context the breaking of bread does refer to communion but it also refers to the more casual breaking of bread it refers to just getting together and communing one of the things that Shar will always tell me is so big when you guys are doing like home church is the fact that like hey we sit here and we have breakfast together and we do all that well that's actually a very scriptural thing it's not just like a nice neat to have so there is something to that. And then, of course, uh, devoting yourself to prayer. So these are things that we don't just do casually because, like, hey, we like the Jesus guy. We want him to be happy, and he is happy when we do these things. So, hey, whenever I get a spare chance, I'll make him happy and do one of these things. It's that it comes along with the deal. I have this new life, and because of that, I want to know everything I can possibly know about this Jesus guy. I want to be as close as I can to this guy, because look at what he has done for me. Look at the new everything he's given me in the newness of life, the way that he helps me to be able to power through whatever these, you know, different things are that are in my life. I want to be as much a part of this Jesus as I can, and a key part of that is being a part of his body, which is the church. Now, when we say the church, we're talking universal church here. So whether the church is a group that meets in a home, meets in a a building like this meets in a cathedral or whatever it doesn't really matter that's where I start getting super liberal with my interpretations of things I don't really care but you need to be a part of an assembly of believers that's the whole point that's doing these things that's devoting themselves to teaching that's devoting themselves to recognizing what Christ has done in their lives the breaking of bread communion to prayer to worship to all these little things if you can do that through something that's not called church whatever God bless but I'm just saying church is a one stop one stop shop to do all that so that being said, this really just makes sense. And I guess that's what I keep coming back to. It makes sense that you're going to want to be a part of an organization. And why is that? It's because, as we all know, once we have come to Christ, we are remaking ourselves into a different image. What we read at the beginning of Philippians 2 is this. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. 
Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. Adopt the same attitude as that as Jesus Christ. And so what we take away from this is that what we are called to do is to be like Christ. And so once again, what I kind of throw out there is, how can you be like Christ, but yet hate the people who make up the body of Christ? You can't do it. So... This is where I go back once again to sit here saying we can be as cynical as we want about the church. I mean, look, I sit here from a thing that at least I call the pulpit and I talk about like the church all the time in not very good light. But that's because, yes, the church has done a lot of terrible, awful things. Uh, I'm just talking contemporarily to like push people away, to make them feel other, to not make them feel welcome. That is very true. But we have to separate what these 501c3 religious nonprofits do from what the body of Christ does. Because the 501c3 nonprofits, they sit here and create expectations, and they can be judgy, and they can be political, and they can do all of these things that we don't like in churches. They can gossip and all that kind of mess. Okay? But the body of Christ lives for something bigger. The body of Christ is who sits here and says, like, hey, we want to sit here and go do like a Thanksgiving, just open it up to everybody and like, let's just go do it. And so then we go do it. That's the body of Christ thinking. You know, that's not the fact that a bunch of committees got together and said, we're going to sit here and put together this little event. We need to have our advertising plan and we need to get everything out there and get on the social media and do all that kind of stuff. No, somebody said, I feel like I'm called to go do this. So I'm going to go do it. Okay, go do it. You know, whenever Josh is here and he talks about like how he sat here and has worked like so much with uh, a couple and a family that is like homeless down where he lives in Richmond and, you know, working with them, he's not doing that. He doesn't come up to me like every single week and give me updates on this kind of stuff because this is something where the, the religious nonprofit has come up with a program that he can execute with this person. It's that he felt a calling on his heart and so he went out and he did it. That's what the church, the body of Christ does. And so as we sit here and we look cynically at our views of the church, it's important to separate those two things and to understand that just because a bunch of people organized the thing a certain way and did things a certain way doesn't in any way diminish the beauty of what Christ has come here on this earth to do and what his body is to continue doing, to continue showing people that love and compassion. And so we close out with this. Huh? See? So we close out with this. Uh, as we follow up those last several verses in Acts 2, verses 43 through 47, we see just reinforce this idea of being together as a part of a community. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held in all, thing, all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Once again, I emphasize, they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple, so they did the this thing. They sat here and said, like, we're going to be a part of a, a church or what have you. We're going to do all the religious stuff. But then they also said they broke bread from house to house. This is a communion. This is just getting together and hanging out with one another. There's nothing wrong with sitting here saying like, hey, uh, we're just going to get together and have a good time. We're just going to sit here and enjoy a bite to eat or whatever. That it doesn't have to involve a Bible study and a, a shovel and work gloves in order to be church stuff. This is church stuff. We need to be uh, drawing closer to one another. 
Because at the end of the day, this is what it comes down to. You can't love Jesus and hate the people he came to save. That's really what it means. And so if we're going to sit here and say that, you know, we're, we're, we're in this thing and we love Jesus, I just love Jesus so much, and I want to be a part of, you know, what he's doing, and I want him to be a part of my life, then what we have to do at some point in time is we have to stop and ask ourselves, okay, then what am I doing to become a part of what Jesus physically has here on this earth, which is his body, the church, the assembly of believers? It's a little bit of speaking to the, speaking to the choir because y'all are physically here gold star for all of you. But as we sit here and we talk to other individuals who have this very common mentality in our society today, it's important to help reinforce to them that there's more to God than just simply being a fan of his vague concepts. What it means to be a part of God, to be a part of his plan and a part of his glory is to really get involved, form relationships so that that way I can be built up, I can build up other people and in that way I can start seeing the glory of what God has truly left for us here in this life. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this time that we have here together. And uh, we just pray that you would help us to understand that exactly how, how much of a blessing it is to be a part of your world and a part of your creation here. We pray that you would give us opportunities to be able to draw closer to one another and to help encourage other individuals to, to also get more involved. Help us to be a part of your body that, that works and that does all the things that all the things that you, you've called us to do. Help us to not just want to sit back passively and be a church that 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 just kind of does our little programs and has our little services and then goes on throughout the week. Help us to be more and help us to be individuals who truly want to draw close to the people that you came here to save. We pray these things in your son's precious holy name. Amen.